Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom. Hi, guys. Live from uh, our cryptid camper, I'm Tom, here with my good friend Shay. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 1, Episode 21 of the Scare Your Pants Off, Our American Road Trip Podcast. In today's episode, we are setting up camp in Texas. So how are you doing today, Shay? I'm great. Our podcast is old enough to drink and buy marijuana in some states. We are officially legal now. <laughs> Unbelievable that we're on episode 21. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So what's new? So I guess not, not too much. I watched, so over, um, over yesterday, over yesterday, <laughs> all the words I was saying, um, yesterday I watched so when we release these it's it's actually quite a few months after we recorded them so the what I'm about to say is not going to be shocking news to anybody but um last night being a Friday um my fiance and my son and I watched studio 666 oh I want to see this so bad <laughs> I see it so bad how was it it was it was so so obviously it is deliberately bad. It was so bad, but it was so good bad. It was so good bad. It was, it has a, a kill in it that makes my top 10 horror movie kills, if not my top five, honestly. Wow, that's it, impressive. Cause it was, it was so just, it, <laughs> it was awesome. It was so bloody and just, it was, it was gross and weird. and. It was awesome. So it was it was so well done. And it was and Dave Grohl's so funny. Um woke up this morning though to find out that um Taylor Hawkins actually passed away last night. Yeah, fit, only 50 years old. Only 50. Way too young. Uh did they release what how he died or yet? All I know is that he went to the hospital with chest pain. So I I don't they don't have a lot of um information out about it right now. Um but I mean so it, sad it's it's awful and my my heart goes out to everybody who knew him and and whatnot so but um the the movie was so funny and it, they actually filmed it during the pandemic in secret oh wow that's so cool that's so yeah. cool I, I i don't even know too too much about it i've just seen like one or two previews about it and i'm just like yeah, I got to see this and Dave Roll and uh, and everything I see him popped up in. He is great and funny. Oh. It's so tongue in cheek, but he's good and it's just yep. he's a very very talented dude. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I I might have to rent that at some point this weekend. It's so very worth it, and it's and it's funny because at one point you can tell from the trailer. So I'm not ruining anything um you can tell that dave Grohl becomes possessed from the trailers and he turns into such a diva which is not anything you ever hear about dave Grohl because he's, yeah. he's just not and um but 
they do this thing in the movie that while filming it, it wasn't scripted. It's just something that Dave Grohl was like, hey, this will be funny. And um, he gets everybody to do a high five and he calls it the Pearl Jam high five. And the whole lot of them get together and they're just like high fiving. And it's um, it's to kind of poke fun at the 10 album color color cover by Pearl Jam. And yep. Eddie Vedder had no idea. <laughs> I love this. He had no idea they were doing that until uh, like the movie was made. And he, he just thought it was the funniest thing. I, I love when they, I love when bands like poke at each other and I just love that stuff. Yeah, that's great. And they're two great bands too. It's, um, that's awesome. That's, uh, oh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait. I, um, I started, but I fell asleep because, you know, I work nights and everything. So a lot of times I'm starting a movie at two 30 in the morning and stuff. Yeah. But what I've seen so far, I'm really liking antlers. Wow. <sighs> Oh my. Yep. So I, yeah, where you're just watching it and you're not all the way through it. I don't want to, I'm not going to dive too. I know, you know why I love the movie, Yeah. but oh my goodness. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. And then, uh, they have a uh, black phone is coming out, going to be available to rent soon too. And, uh, that's another one, but antlers, you're going to love it. It's, it does not disappoint it. It's, it's so, it's right up your alley. It's right up our alley. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, like I said, what I've seen, uh, I am very, very much liked. And I'm definitely tonight going to put that on for sure. Cause um, yeah, he's so good. He's just so good. And it just, yeah, I am um, looking forward to it. Have you seen Nightmare Alley? I haven't seen it. Yeah. So. Is it good? Why don't you? Um, so I, I guess it depends what you're going, what you're going into it expecting. Mm -hmm. So if you're going into it, expecting it to be even a little scary, you're going to be disappointed. If you're going into it, expecting it to be like, like, like really like a horror movie, you're going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. um, it is like dark fantasy kind of, and it's, um, it's, if I hadn't watched it thinking it was going to be a horror movie, which is how they depict it in the trailers. They really play it like it's going to be this like unsettling, creepy, scary mm -hmm. horror movie. And I know I'm, I'm definitely desensitized to a lot and I don't scare super easily but um it was i was disappointed in it as a horror movie but like i liked it as you know bradley cooper was amazing he's I mean, a great he's always amazing, so but yeah i'm gonna have to it's just one of the like i've been it's in my watch list and i it's like i always cut when i go to okay what i what am i gotta catch up on i always go to start it and then i find something else that takes my attention a little bit more because I think I did start it and watch like the first 10 minutes of it and, and stuff. And it was like, oh, this is different than when I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, uh, it doesn't. There's there's some like gore to it. There's definitely like a couple brutal scenes and um, there's like there's definitely like a like a like a little bit of a ghostly aspect to it. And but not. It's no, it's. Again, I, I liked it as not a horror movie. It was okay. Okay, cool. That's uh, no, that's totally fair. I was just 
yeah, I didn't know too many people had seen it. And I was like, well, yeah. Yeah, I know you watch a lot of movies. So I was, uh, I'll keep it in my watch list. I'll get to it at some point or another. Yeah. I got, I got so much to catch up on. It's crazy. So, but anyway, so, uh, I think this week you have a cryptid for us. Time for the cryptid. I do. Um, this week I'm going to talk about the, the, I'm going to do this at least one other time. I'm sure. I'm going to talk about the Beast of Bear Creek, and I'm going to mess that up next time, probably. Um, the Beast of Bear Creek originates in the town of Cleo, Texas. Uh, the origin story to this beast is really kind of cool and kind of has hints of a correlation I make way too often, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you all decide. <laughs> what you feel about that. Um, it's believed that there was once a Native American shaman who possessed the ability to shapeshift. All you know. right. I, I, yep, yep. I'm already seeing it. It is said that this shaman was one of the only survivors of their tribe that was brutally slaughtered in an attack. That's awful. Uh, it's believed that the shaman shapeshifts into a large wolf and roams around in search of any white men to repay the death they caused his people. And it is said that in some of the sightings of this wolf, that it is um, sometimes bipedal. Okay. Uh, it eats or attacks any livestock or people that are out after dark and unlucky enough to cross this path. Um, so the cryptid was so short and I honestly couldn't find a lot of accounts or sightings. Just your very standard, uh, you know, you saw it running a dart across the road or saw it darting across the woods or, um, you know, and hearing the rustling and, seeing the shadowy figures and stuff like that. But um, it's, I enjoy any cryptid that is based on a human. I, I just, I like that. It's so interesting to me, but, but that, that's all I got from my cryptid. No, I, I, for, I, I love it. Um, and it's okay. Like I said, we occasionally we have a, uh, some of these are short, just like strange encounter or the haunting. And that's okay, because I mean, you, you'll see with a lot of these, there's sometimes there's not a lot of detail and certain states aren't super known for their cryptids or their strange encounters and, and stuff. But, um, and I know you didn't say it, but I have to. I'm so glad. It's, you know, you're talking about shaman and what it, what it does and everything. All right, the, my mind goes two places. Skinwalker, Wendigo, yeah, right there. I mean, and what I've learned through from you and through our research and stuff, that Skinwalkers and Wendigos are very similar, and uh, in a lot of their thing, and a lot of the stuff that happens and that they do. So um, that's immediately where my mind went. Shaman, we know Skinwalker, um, you know, is Native American lore, uh, specifically Navajo, and um, that. Oh, excuse me. 
that it deals with magic and that's what a shaman is you know is dealing with magic and um you know depending on on the the tribe and whatever there's you know some have good magic and bad magic some it's all magic's bad so you know it, it all kind of depends on the tribe and what part of the world or co country and that they're from but i mean obviously that's where i had to go and i'm assuming because you kept saying i'm not going to say it that you can that that's what you were thinking as well yep. so um 100%. Yeah, which is uh and we know you know we know down in that area we did our episode on arizona and utah we've talked about skinwalkers and stuff and or wendigos we know it's pre that they're prevalent in that area especially mm -hmm. the skinwalker area so um yeah that's where that's where my mind goes and like you said i i too love when it's based on a human and i love and and i like it when it's almost like it's almost like a morality tale in a sense yeah. where it's like they were wronged and now they're coming for their revenge they're coming for okay you you decimate and we know what the white man did to the native americans throughout north america and south america and wiped them out it's just reading about like the aztecs and you know like how they lost 15 million people in five years to a, a strand of e, uh salmonella e coli that the europeans brought over and stuff and yeah no i love it no yeah they don't all have to be long um to make like an impact and i think that's really cool i really do no thank you I appreciate Thanks. it. I uh, yeah, I find the crypt. I've I've come to love all this cryptid stuff so much now. It's like I just find it so interesting, so interesting. So time for the hunt. All right. Well, this week I had the haunting, and again we're in Texas, and there's guys. There's a lot of haunts that we could have stopped by and seen and done, and um. I mean, because it's such a big state with a lot of history, been around for hundreds of years and stuff, a couple hundred years. So, um, but I went with one that I found pretty interesting. Have you heard of the ghost town of Terra Lingua? No, I love ghost towns, though, so I'm excited. Me too. There's something about a ghost town, like there's something about this like bustling city or town that just, you know, is just bustling for years and decades and then all of a sudden you know over the course of you know maybe a 10 years it's it becomes a ghost town and then it's just like i just find that fascinating just and and there's you know there's quite a few throughout the united states but uh all right the ghost town of terra lingua is they say is where the dead actually outnumber the living so which makes sense it's a ghost town so yeah that definitely makes sense uh, in the mid-1880s, Jack Dawson discovered that there was the mineral cinnabar, yeah, cinnabar, <laughs> in, in, this, in the region around Terralingua, Texas. Uh, the metal mercury, or as it was known at the time in the 1880s, it was known as quicksilver, um, was becoming very popular and very in demand, and mercury or quicksilver is extracted from the cinnabar mineral so in 1888 dawson became the first person in the area to successfully extract the mercury 
from the Quicksilver. Or, or, or the Mercury or Quicksilver from the Cinnabar, excuse me. Um, so looking to profit from, from his find here, he began to spread the word and actually set up a mine. But the town go off to a slow start because it was uh, just a single mine. Um, it, and it wasn't until it was publicized in a bunch of newspapers around the country and some mining magazines that existed at the time because mining was a bigger industry then. They actually even had magazines in the 1800s, 1880s and 90s about mining. Did uh, the town see any sort of real migration? But then at this point in the mid 1890s, uh, as these publications became more and more spread and everything, people spread the words to each other, we started to see a, a, this mass migration. And by 1900, there was there, there was four mines had been established within the town limits. And just three years later, by 1903, there was actually seven mines now. So it's quite a few mines for one town. Um, and by this, by 1903, the population had swelled to well over 3000 people. And, uh, so with the mines producing this cinnabar that they extracted the mercury from and the start of world war two, the town began to start booming because now they were, you know, they're using this for, to help in the, in the war efforts. And we know the economy in the past would get really good at wartime because they the influx of goods that we needed not only at home but abroad so um and unfortunately though this boom would not last forever um with the end of world war one and miners and residents succumbing to uh succumbing to mercury poisoning and with uh the scientists and people finding much much less dangerous alternatives uh to mercury because like you said mercury we get mercury poisoning it can be pretty bad uh you know you start losing your hair you can get actually get crazy from it um it's uh it, they began to find alternatives so uh by 1930 uh the town was really started on its downswing when its largest mine was forced to close the other mines would follow suit until the last mine closed in 1947 at the end of world war ii and most almost all of the residents would leave soon after just leaving just the ruins of the town so Today, the population sits at anywhere, depending on the time of year and whatever, for 58 to 110 people. Um, because there's not a lot opened a few, like a few businesses have reopened just to kind of, uh, uh, you know, bite off the popularity of this being a ghost town and, you know, playing into the haunts and the paranormal stuff. So, uh at the present, there is, there's a saloon in town or a bar. We call it a bar up here, but saloon. Um, there's some type of hotel, motel, lodging, not super nice, but, you know, you a lodging area. The Starlight Theater, 
reopened and there's a single restaurant that operates within the city uh, city or town limits um and uh it it's famous for its it also there's the cemetery which i'll get a little more into afterwards but uh and then i just i found this interesting it is actually the home to one of the largest dia de la muerta celebrations in the world like it's second or third largest in the world so uh -huh. i found that interesting and interestingly something i learned recently and I, i'm not sure if you know this or not we may i don't think we've talked about it but we may have did you know that the Dia de la Muerta parades and celebrations only came about after James Bond Spectre starring Daniel Craig as James Bond? What? The yeah. what? Really? Yes. That's like <laughs> No, hold on. Give me a second cuz I'm not like I'm not okay with that. Hold on. So but they still do like the they've always done like the little there is like a day of the dead though right like they're really yeah, yeah okay. that the day exists that that the actual day uh the dia de la muerte that day does exist but it was traditionally it's just a was a day within mexico and some other you know uh spanish hispanic or spanish-speaking cultures to celebrate the uh the their dead relatives and everything it was very it's a very personalized there was never parades or big parties or anything like that that we know these carnivals and parades that only came about because i guess i'm not a huge james bond guy and I, I watched a few of them but inspector and one of the scene they're in mexico city and there's this giant parade where you see now what we know as the the skeletons that they use in dia de la that, that are very ornate with a lot of colors and stuff that they mexico city you know um mexico isn't the most well-off country but they saw this and they saw an opportunity in this movie to capitalize on it because people after the movie started searching dia de la muerta like crazy it became one of the most popular search things with on google so they saw a way to kind of bilk us you know uh, 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 white people that love to sort of infringe on other cultures and bite off other cultures they saw a way to make a dollar you know and so now it's one of the largest celebrations what the largest i believe is in mexico city and like i said this in this terra lingua it's like second third fourth maybe largest in the world but i found that fascinating it's only been around for maybe 10 years ish that's, my mind is almost literally blown like that's i never would have i yeah i i feel i feel like a little part of me just died because i because i i just i always just thought yeah, yeah that's weird that's so that's cool i mean i was today years old so i was i i've been maybe couple weeks or a couple months since i've known this and i was i was same as you my jaw i was like what do you mean yeah. like i can't I, it didn't make sense to me but anyway thought that was interesting so let's talk a little bit about the hauntings so while the mines are closed now people claim that you can still see ghosts of some of the miners entering and exiting the mines and some also claim to hear muffled talking or uh humming or whistling 
coming from the mines. Then there's the Starlight Theater, which reopened, is uh, supposedly another place where you experience actual apparitions. People have also claimed to hear door slamming, muffled laughter, applause, orbs, and even cold spots throughout the theater. Then I didn't really talk about it before, but there's the, the Old Town Jail is said to be pretty active where you'll hear whistling, screams, uh, again, talking, cell door slamming. Um, and then I, I like this one, one person claim, because it brings me back to like old Western films uh, uh, where a cowboy's in like some Western jail with his metal cop and he's put it against the, <laughs> yeah. the and somebody claimed that they heard that coming from, from the old jail. So, uh, and then, Finally, I'll talk about, and I just kind of briefly mentioned, but the cemetery, which is said to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in all of the United States and is the most photographed uh, cemetery in all of the United States. Guys, do a Google search of the Terra Lingua Cemetery. It's just, it's really cool looking. Um, for any of you out there that are listening, it, it, it's just a different feel to like a lot of the cemeteries like we have up in the Northeast and everything. Super interesting. Um, and the Dia de la Muerta parade goes all throughout the cemetery, which is kind of cool. But, um, the, uh, so with so many of the, uh, past Terralingua residents succumbing to the Spanish flu of 1918 and 1919, as well as the residents dying prematurely from the mercury poisoning, um, it's no wonder that it's so uh, that this is one of the more haunted spots within the town some of the things that you hear are you know obviously the weird sounds people have claimed to see apparitions you know walking through the, out the graves people have claimed to hear uh screams and see orbs and uh see ghostly children which uh, guys if you listen to our episodes you know i find ghostly children really creepy um and usually <clears throat> at night but uh yeah that is the ghost town of Terralingua. Hmm. So that's, yeah, it's it's so funny because I feel like it was only a couple episodes ago we were just talking about the Texas Chainsaw and then you start talking about a ghost town in oh. Texas. And like, that's immediately, I'm like, I'm only talking about Cinnabons and I'm hungry and I don't, like, yes. it's been a whirlwind of emotions for me. But no, that that was awesome. I, I love ghost towns and you know what, you know what I think I've learned about myself? like right now what's that is when whenever you mention there's i think two things you can mention when it comes to a haunting and it first it gives it just sends chills up my spine kids every time i get freaking chills whistling for some reason so like it's just i don't know what it is it's i like talking is creepy i know and blah 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 but but like yeah whistling for some reason is so I agree. And I don't know why, like, part of me thinks it might be because usually you associate whistling with like a good mood. People, people that are whistling are usually happy and in good mood, but then you're hearing it from something that's died in a really bad way or something. If you hear voices, you know, you, you, it could possibly, possibly be debunked as like, you know, this pipe is rubbing against the wall or it's this, this, you know, floorboard is creaking or, a lot of things can be construed as a voice, but like if it's a deliberate whistle, there's not a lot of things 
else that it can be if it's a deliberate human sounding whistle there's not a lot of things you can rub together that are gonna yeah you know, make it give you a come hither whistle that's a great point i hadn't really thought of that because yeah i i'm 100 percent on there with um the children but that that now you got me on that too the whistling is creepy for sure um yeah because they're really like you said for a human whistle it's a very distinct sort of unique sound so yeah yeah for sure it's uh yeah i'd love to uh yeah cool little place the ghost town of terra lingua absolutely time for the strange encounter all right so i have the i have the strange encounter for today and it's short but just like the reason i pick most of my strange encounters the explanation they give blows my mind. So oh, I'm <laughs> um, excited because some of, I know some of these explanations are so out crazy and oh god, I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's they really think we're stupid, but it's okay, I digress. I will tell you about the strange encounter and then and then we'll chat. Um <clears throat> so I'm gonna talk about the the Leveland UFO case. It's L-E-V-E-L-L-A-N-D. I've seen Leveland and Leveland. I'm not sure which one it is, but this happened between November 2nd and November 3rd of 1957. On this night, leading from the 2nd to the 3rd, more than 15 calls, 15 calls in one small town. I don't know what a small town in Texas is because I've heard everything is bigger, so it might be a big town, but for Texas, it's a small town. Um, more than 15 calls were made in a very short span of time reporting very similar things. <clears throat> so uh, one call was made by two men who were, I believe, driving home from work. And um, while driving, their engine died. Hmm. And when they got out to investigate, a large rocket-shaped object began to approach the truck accompanied by a flash of blue light. And as the men started to run away, the object fled over the truck with such power that it sounded like thunder as it whooshed over. Hmm. Yep. Um, there was a farmer, similar situation, was in his truck. The engine stalled and he saw a glowing object on the ground that was a hundred feet long and egg-shaped hmm. and and when he when the car stopped it appeared and then disappeared like took off just as quickly so again it took off very quickly just like the first encounter uh, there were a couple other situations where it was like i said it was vehicle stalling lights things flying by sightings in the sky um so more than 15 calls of this nature and and of those calls were farmers military people uh police uh, medical professionals all people that you're, you're like you expect to have their faculties about them you know so you, it, it's not going to be yeah you don't expect these people to be just no. making up some crazy story so the if you can see me, you're going to see that I'm going to do air quotations for this because I think this is ridiculous. The official theory given uh, to explain how this couldn't possibly be 
a UFO is that that night there happened to be some storms nearby, you know. Um, so the only possible explanation, and if you guys can sense the sarcasm in my voice yet, um, is that it must have have it must have been ball lightning. So ball lightning must have occurred more than 15 times in a very short period of time in this small town on this same day. Because there's 0% chance it's anything else but this incredibly rare anom anomaly that is ball lightning more than 15 times. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, your face looks like my face when I read that initially. I was like, are you kidding? But yeah. So how do you feel about that, Tom? All right. So ball lightning. First of all, I find it, what, what a weird coincidence. I just saw a video. I just learned about ball lightning yesterday. Seriously. And guys, we don't we don't like, you know, play, when we're doing our research, it's not like we're talking to each other. We're doing this. We do our research separate so that. We can kind of like surprise each other or whatever. And um, yeah, I learned about ball lightning, how rare it is. And I saw a video of ball lightning for the first time yesterday. So just a weird little coincidence there. Cause I uh, like, I probably heard the term, but I just really never knew what, you know, never questioned it, never like thought much about it. And then, so very bizarre that that's their explanation. It is from what I've learned in the, in, yesterday in the short amount of research i did after seeing the video it is extremely rare extremely rare apparently supposedly not even apparently supposedly back in the day nikola tesla was able to recreate ball lightning but somehow his notes on it have been lost to time um whether that's true or not i don't know nikola tesla was very active with electricity and stuff and learning it and stuff like that um so uh but yeah but it is extremely rare so of course that's what they're going to say that it happens 15 times in oh, a small yeah. town i mean like you said the explanations are sometimes or a lot of times way better than the actually what happened because it's just yeah. the, like you said they think we're stupid and um yeah that one that one does it. and what i what i've seen and kind of learned about ball lightning is that not always, but a lot of times it's very low to the ground and stays low to the ground and then just kind of disappears. It doesn't like whoosh away, anything like that. You know what I mean? With which some of these people are are saying. And um, so. Well, it's certainly not a hundred feet long either. Yeah, it's, no, it's a, it's a ball. Yeah, like you said, and now you're seeing, I believe, because I was taking note, hundred foot long and egg shaped. Yeah, that's not. That's not any ball lightning that that I've ever heard. Of. Not that I'm an expert on it. I only learned yesterday, but yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I love it. I mean, like I said, it's it, sometimes the short ones are great, and, and uh, like you said, th this one, I for me, it's there's a lot to it just for the fact that they got over 15 calls and these people were from all walks of life like you said you had farmers and whatever and you know so a, a lot of people that you would expect not people that you would typically expect to make up stories but then again even if they were making up what are the chances that all these people like 
on the same night decided to make up the same exact story and call separately. You know what I mean? Like, because from what you've said, it's not like all, all these people were just in, like, it was this small group of friends that happened, one happened to be a farmer, one happened to be a scientist, you know, no, these are people from, you know, different parts and whatever, seeing it. So I love it. I don't, you know, sometimes, sometimes the simple short ones are, you know, hold more credence than the ones with the super lot of detail and stuff. So yeah, fascinating. And I, like I said, just what a coincidence that I just learned about ball lightning yesterday. And uh, <laughs> that's the, that's the explanation. Very, very, I love it. Good pick. Thank you. So, well, yeah, I mean, we got anything else to talk about this week? I don't think so. I think that's, I think that's just about everything. Make sure to tune in next week when we set up camp in the state of Washington. I'm excited. So thanks, guys, and happy camping. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod. No spaces. Or on Twitter, Scare Your Pants Off Podcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail. See you next time.